think of the name of the Rebbe Rashab and the instruction it has for all of us about connecting the spiritual and the physical. And next segment for bring the Rebbe discusses the date of Shabbos. Shabbos, the year the Rebbe gave it for bringing 1982, as this year, is on the third day of Nisan. Now, from the first day of Nisan and on, it's customary to add a section of the Torah that um, after davening we read the Nasi. We read about the, the, the offerings that were given by all the princes, the Jewish people, the leaders of each tribe, um, to inaugurate the, the tabernacle. Each leader brought a sacrifice on the um, first 12 days of Nisan. And we recite the paragraph in the Torah that is associated with the uh, leader of that day, that brought a sacrifice that day. So on the first day of Nisan, we're reading the tribe of Yehuda. And the second day of Nisan, we're reading the tribe of Yisachar. And the third day of Nisan, which is Shabbos, we read the tribe of Zavulun. So the question is like this. The relationship between Zavulun and Shabbos seems very strange. Because the whole idea of Zavulun, the tribe of Zavulun, is that they were known to be merchants. They were known to do business. That means that Zavulun is about going out into the world and being involved with things in this world. And that's the relationship between Zvulun and the third day of Nisan, because the third day of creation, number three in general, is associated with the union of the mundane to the holy. The, um, the n- number three, and else, else other places in the Chassiz talks about how the number one is, underscores the truth of Hashem, uh, how Hashem is before there's any existence, or how Hashem is higher than existence. Number two is the source of plurality, multiplicity, multiplicity and fragmentation. Just in, as in day one in creation, all there, one, all there was was Him. Hashem was alone in the world. Number two in creation, Hashem made the tzimtzum and the rakia and the separation between the upper waters and lower waters, creating separation. And number three, Hashem gathered the waters together to make it possible for there to be man. And what man does is that he also is he creates a, a bond between the higher and the lower. So number three is associated with Zvulun because the businessmen, that's what they do. They're, they're about uh, connecting the mundane to the holy. They go out to do business. They get involved with the world. And that's the idea of number three. Um, but therefore, it would make sense for the reading of the tribe of Zvulun, about their gift, it would make sense that their gift would be associated with the days of the week. Because only during the week can you be involved in business. And by doing business, you can make a lot of money and give a lot of tzedakah, give 10% or more than, more than even a fifth of your earnings. As it says in Tanya, that uh, for certain reasons, you're allowed to give you more than a fifth to, to charity. Like, let's say you want to bring atonement to your soul, just like you would give a lot of money, for doctor bills, even more than a fifth, so too, if you want to rectify past mistakes to giving stock, you ought to give more than a fifth, as it says over there in Tanya. Um, but that's, so that's what Zulun is about. Zulun is about making money and giving money. But Shabbos is associated, it would seem, more with Yisachar. Yisachar was a tribe who were all Torah scholars. And Shabbos is associated with Torah. As Gemara says, 
that the Torah was given on Shabbos and the uh, service of Hashem on Shabbos is all about um, seems about Torah, about, Yis- about Yisachar. So if the second day of Nisan fell on Shabbos, that will make perfect sense. So, and yet, the second day of Nisan we read on Friday, and the third day of Nisan, the tribe of Zulun, that's when we read on, on Shabbos. It says also that um, the reason why Yisachar was chosen to uh, give his gift to the inauguration of the temple on the second day of Nisan is because uh, the prince of the tribe, the son of Mansur, he was the one who advised everybody that they should do this. He was the one who said, hey, we should all give a gift in honor of inauguration of the temple. Let's do this. So because it was his idea, that's why he merited to, to, to go number two in the order of all the princes of the tribe. Uh, why, did, was he, why was it that, that Nisan al-Mansur um, had this idea? It's because he was the Torah scholar. He is, his tribe is a tribe of Torah scholars. And that's why they had this great idea, because they know, they know how things are supposed to get done, because they study the Torah. So the question therefore is, how come we read on Shabbos about Zvulun, and not only that, but after we finish reading the, the Nasi, we read the a paragraph about the gift of the tribe, we then recite a prayer. And the prayer we recite is, may all of the light and all of the holiness of this tribe shine into me. And make this cause me going to go basically to go in the ways of Zvulun. Now, why are you asking about Zvulun, which seems to be asking about uh, success in business and and doing business in a way that Torah wants you to do business? Why is that the request you would make on Shabbos? That's what it. That's that's the question we have. Explanations like this, but let's first preface the following: the whole idea of Zvulun, of elevating the things in this world, is something that's only temporary. That's something eternal. The whole point of Zvulun is to make the world a home for Hashem. Hashem wants a home in the lower realms. That means that the whole existence of the lower realms and the whole point of elevating the lower realms is only in order that Hashem should have a home in the lower realms. Why did Hashem create the world? He wants a home in the world. So once the world becomes a home for Hashem, there's no need to elevate the lower realms because they've been elevated already. So the whole idea of Zvulun is a temporary thing. The whole idea of, of the need to elevate the physical and the material and the mundane is a temporary thing. It's similar to the idea of what a letter represents. The difference between a letter and a book, as it says in the discourses about Purim, um, where it discusses the, the Megillah uh, as being called a letter and a Torah, is called a book. Torah is called a book, and the Megillah is called a letter. A book, says the Alter Rebbe in that discourse, is something eternal, but a letter is only written for a temporary purpose. It's not meant to last. Once you read the letter, you don't need it anymore, uh, because the idea of a letter is only to know something that you need to know right now. So, in the Alter Rebbe's letters, which is the fourth section of the Tanya, the fourth section of the Bible, of Hasidic philosophy. In the very beginning, he talks about the special advantage that businessmen have on Shabbos. As well, uh, the, um, and that's why he writes this in, the, in his holy letters, because, again, a letter 
is a temporary thing, and therefore it is the, it is the appropriate place to discuss the temporary nature of the spiritual role of the tribe of Zvulun, which is about elevating the physical. So what does he say about the tribe of Zvulun? Why are they especially um, uh, connected to Shabbos? Why do businessmen have a special event on Shabbos? He says like this. It says that during the week, um, businessmen don't have as much time to daven. And therefore, the Altar says, if you need to choose a chazan during the week, you don't want to choose a businessman because he has to rush to work. Rather, choose a school teacher, choose someone who is a guest, choose someone who is father-in-law is paying for him to study Torah all day. They could dive in for an hour and a half at least. That's, that's the guys you want to choose to be a chazan. And, uh, and that person should use, as his opinion, people who are also... Um, Torah scholars who could daven with the same length. And the Alter Rebbe says that the, um, they should, the businessmen, you know, they, they were feeling slighted because they couldn't stay for Baruch Hu or for Kedusha because they had to rush to work. And the uh, lengthy um, the chas and taking so long made it impossible for them to participate. So, so the Alter Rebbe says they shouldn't disturb. Um, only those businessmen who have time to daven could be chazanim, but otherwise... Leave the, um, the the that that position for those who have time, and um, and, and and they do this. Uh, they, the chazan prays for everyone, and even if you're not there, he, he, he it affects uh, the whole community. Uh, you're not able to make it. It says in Gemara, Am says people were in the fields, were not able to make it, so they they, they also receive something to the fact that there is someone davening, although they're not physically there. So if they, you can't be there, great, don't be there, but don't daven fast in order to um, just be able to do Ketush and Baruch and then shorten the davening and therefore has to shortening life because as in, ta- in Gemara, that what makes a person have a long life? Davening for a long time. So um, if you add, add, add that to your biological uh, scale over there. Yeah, I am figuring <laughs> that in right now. <laughs> so I don't think it has to do with blindness though. <laughs> So, then the Altabah says, so oh, that's during the week. However, on Shabbos and Yontif, when the businessmen do have time, and they are able to uh, put their heart and souls in their prayers, because they have no, they have no hindrance to this, their prayers, says the Altabah, on Shabbos and Yontif, they have a greater obligation to, uh, to be the Chazanim, to lead the community on Shabbos. So, this informs us of the great virtue that businessmen have on Shabbos, that not only are they able to study, to pray as long as the Torah scholars do during the week, but the Kaltabah says they have a greater obligation. Um, they have a greater obligation to daven at length on, on, uh, on Shabbos. Um, why have a greater obligation? So, in this letter of the Alter Rebbe, most letters of the Alter Rebbe are about giving stock in, in Tanya. And most of the letters describing the greatness of businessmen is about the greatness in their giving stock. How, um, but this letter, he um, unusually discusses the greatness they have on Shabbos in their davening. What indeed is the greatness they have in davening? Doesn't sp- he explains in Torah or in Pasha Struma. It says like this in, in Torah or. I will um, find you 
on the outside. I will lead you and bring you to my mother's. It's a verse from Song of Songs. I will lead you and bring you to my mother's house. I will give you to drink from the fragrant wine, from the um, uh, um, I think it says from from the, from the juice of the pomegranates. That's what the verse says. I'll find you on the outside. I will um, says out there. Who is the one who finds Hashem on the outside? This refers to businessmen, because their whole service of Hashem is on the outside, about elevating the physical world. I will lead you and bring you to my mother's house, refers to Torah study. A businessman has to also study Torah. Although their main service of Hashem is in action, nevertheless, also as the author of there in Torah order, that Hashem creates the world in a similar way that a human being is created, that there's thought, speech, and action in a human being, and so to the world, in order to bring the divine energy to the world, that's the first come through thought and speech that can come to action. So therefore, there first has to be Torah study to bring the divine energy to the world. And therefore, businessmen, their main thing is action, yes, but they also have to set time to study Torah. And concerning their Torah study, it says, the Pasuk continues and says, I will find you on the outside and I will kiss you. And says the Al-Tarebbe, the main idea of the bond with Hashem through a kiss is through study of Torah. Not only do businessmen have an obligation to study Torah, but the author says that businessmen have a much greater value in their Torah study. Uh, that doesn't quote this here, but there in Torah Ora, the author says that a kiss is something that you give someone you can't express your love in words. So it's, 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 it's such a great expression of love that you're just, just, you're just not able to contain it in, in, your, in your words. And so the author says there is a great pleasure that Hashem has specifically from a businessman studying Torah that he, and that causes Hashem to have so to speak a to, to show his love with a kiss their Torah study specifically is called a kiss why? so it says later on over there in that discourse because the businessmen they have the fragrant wine the fragrant wine means that there's something in the wine that's spicy the idea of spiciness means that there's something there's some, there's some friction in their Torah study there's the, the uh, uh, okay. fragrance on the one hand, fragrance means something which is not internalized and not something you eat and goes inside you. It's just a fragrance. It's it's an aura. In a similar way, the octopus says when a businessman um, pushes aside his his nature and his desire to um, to um, to do whatever he wants to do in business or whatever else it is, and he, and he sets a time to study Torah. The Altar says it causes such a unique pleasure to Hashem that it, the, Hashem's only response to this could be a kiss. It can't be anything else. So that, so, so that kiss is represented by a fragrance because a fragrance is also something which is like an aura. It's something which is transcendent, something which is infinite. There in that discourse, the Altar says that a Torah scholar, um, his study of Torah is more like drinking milk, something which is eternalized, something which has a vessel, something which... But, it, but the business studying Torah... He says his study of Torah is similar to a fragrant wine, where the the, the wine um, the, the, the um, has a fragrance because it has something spicy in it. The spiciness is the guy has to has to contend with the friction of of the, all other. He has to resist his urge to go back to his business and other things in order to to maintain that 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 that, that set time he set aside to study Torah. And then the author says the same applies to the mitzvahs of 
of uh, the Jewish people, those people are unable to study Torah. And they can't set time to study Torah because they don't know how to study Torah. It says, it says in the first, further in that verse, in Song of Songs, I will give you to the, the, the juice of the pomegranate. So what does that mean? That the pomegranate represents the Jewish people who are, um, who are empty of Torah, and they're full of mitzvahs. Although they're empty of Torah, the, the, the many seeds in the pomegranate represent the many mitzvahs that even the Jews who are empty of Torah are full of. So these people who are unable to study Torah, and yet they are full of mitzvahs and full of good character, that also causes a unique pleasure of Hashem. And that's also connected to this idea of this fragrance and this unique pleasure Hashem has, which is transcendent. So now we can understand the great virtue the businessmen have in their Torah, in their prayer, and their mitzvahs. And the world stands on these three pillars, Torah, prayer, and mitzvahs. Not just the world stands on this, but also the small, small world. That is man, the, 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 everything stands on this. I mean, your personal world and the world at large stands on these three pillars. So they have an advantage in, in, their, in, in their mitzvahs, in their Torah, and in their prayers. So though the Alt Rebbe in Tanya and Gersa Kodesh, unlike in Torah or he speaks about the virtue of businessmen in their mitzvahs and their Torah study, but in Tanya he only speaks about their virtue in, the, um, in this letter that we're referring to, only speaks about the value that they have in their prayers, but that's because the main service of Hashem on Shabbos is davening. The Gemara even says it was with difficulty that Torah study was permitted on Shabbos. But the main service of Hashem on Shabbos is davening. So therefore, um, it is under... Okay. There is a unique quality for, of businessmen's mitzvahs and Torah study is on Shabbos too. They have more time, they can study more Torah, they can do more mitzvahs. That's true. Uh, but the reason why the Altar speaks about um, prayer specifically is because that's the main service of Hashem on, on, on Shabbos. And the Altar says this in Parshas Truma. Why in Parshas Truma? Because Parshas Truma is about giving a gift to Hashem from your silver and gold. In and the other 13 or 15 things that are Torah mentions, to, which are used to inaugurate the temple. So there's two translations of the word truma. Truma means to separate, and truma means to be elevated. So that's the idea of a businessman. A businessman has to elevate the silver and gold in his possession to holiness. And so therefore, Allah discusses the greatness of a businessman in Parsha's truma, because that's their Parsha. That's a Parsha about giving donations. That's what they're, they're, they're uniquely gifted to do. And this is especially emphasized also on Shabbos, because... Shabbos, we are lifted above all things in this world. And not only are we trying to lift up the world, but we ourselves are lifted above the world. And we're involved in only holy things on Shabbos. So it's, therefore, it's not, it's not wondrous, not surprising that this Shabbos we read about Zvulun. Because specifically on Shabbos, we see the great virtue of businessmen. Um, the, uh, elsewhere, the author says the greatness, that, the reason why business business is able to daven more than a, a Torah scholar is because specifically because of his involvement and in all kinds of worries and, obsession, and obsessions and stuff which are even unhealthy. But nevertheless, when he's able to tear himself away and daven, 
there is a a, uh, a a unique yearning he has in his davening that makes his davening um, more sincere and more heart- heartfelt. Um, of course, if he uh, doesn't, um, uh, okay, fine. Moving along. So, what's the whole service of Hashem of Zvulun? How's it described in the Torah? The Torah describes Zvulun as rejoice, Zvulun, in your going out. The Torah describes Zvulun as a guy who goes out to do business, but elevating the physical world. So. The question is, why should he go out with joy? Zvulun should rejoice when he goes out to do business. You could do business in many ways. But how can you go out to business when, with joy, you don't know how the business is going to end. You're going out to business, you don't know if you're going to make money or not. As the Torah says, I saw how when you're just um, making the first move, how are you supposed to celebrate as if, as if you have it already? And yet the Torah, which is the Torah of truth, and the Torah of life, says, Zvulun should rejoice when he goes out. Because, you hear that, you're listening. Why should Zvulun go out and rejoice when he goes out? He's going out, doesn't know what's going to happen. Because Zvulun is going on the shlichas of Hashem. He's doing, he's doing the mission of Hashem. Therefore, he's certainly going to be successful in this mission. And therefore, his, even his very first out, he goes with incredible joy. It means that although, even though a Jew knows that He's not able to be successful in business with his own power, his own might. He's going with the power of Hashem. But it's possible to go out to business and not think about why you're going. You're not thinking about, oh, I'm going because I need to make gift stock and they do something good with this. This is you, you could do business and not realize you may feel Hashem is in charge, but you may not feel you're doing something valuable. You may feel like what I'm doing is actually like it's it's like worthless. It's like it's like it's like empty. It's like when you eat. You may eat, not because you're hungry specifically, but you're not eating for the sake of Hashem either. You could eat, not for the sake of Hashem, and just, you're eating. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no um, magic in the moment. You don't feel like, oh, that result says that today, instead of there being sacrifices, we have our table. And am I eating for the sake of Hashem is, 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 uh, is like bringing a sacrifice to Hashem. That could happen, and today it's not. Today you're just eating because you're eating. Today you're doing business you're doing business. You're not thinking about, wow, I have a mission from Hashem. So you're just eating because you want to be healthy. And it's not wild, it's not something unusual, because Hashem created a person in a way that if a person does not eat and drink, he comes hungry, he comes thirsty. And the nature of your body is to go and draw you to eat and drink. That means that although you're a human being, and not just a human being, you're called an Adam, and the word Adam means similar to Hashem, Hashem made this nature in a human being that he wants to eat and drink. And that's the nature of the body of a Jew. And this is also the nature of Gentiles because it, it is, what happens in the Jewish world uh, continues on and, and goes throughout the world. But nevertheless, when you eat and drink just because of your health, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And it needs to be, it needs to be fixed. As says in Tanya, when you eat and drink, ask me for the sake of Hashem. And so too when you do business, if you do business for the sake of Hashem, you shouldn't just do business, you don't think about the purpose. Rather, you have to do business with a sense you're doing, going to the mission of Hashem. And when you go out to business with this thought and emphasizing, I'm doing the mission of Hashem, then you're, you're certain you'll be successful in fulfilling the mission of Hashem. And that's why you go out to work with joy. Go out to work with happiness, because you know why you're going. 
This is so important. This is an important message. It's it's uh, we're going to see how this affects the Shabbos. This is some, this is a not Shabbos part of Zulun, but Mitzvah will see how this has to do with, with, with Shabbos as well. Um, so in short, we learned today is that Zulun is uniquely connected to Shabbos because Zulun is able to dive in more on Shabbos than he can during the week, and a uh, therefore he also, he also has more time to study Torah, more time to do so Mitzvah. I don't know, all week long, I have no problem davening, time, everything, comes Shabbos. The other one says, we just learned that the main mitzvah on Shabbos is davening. That's the main mitzvah of Shabbos. Yeah, that's what I said, that's why it's Shabbos. <laughs> and that's why this Shabbos reads Zvulun. Why do we read Zvulun? Because Zvulun uniquely is able to daven on Shabbos, and, and therefore, this is a time to read the, 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 the Nasi of Zvulun. But the, I just want to say the last line about the, the, the we just learned the last point. That the Torah says, Zvulun should rejoice in going out to business. Why should we rejoice? You should rejoice because you should realize the incredible um, mission that you have, the value of what you're doing. I mean, we, our body draws us to eat and drink. But Ebbet says, but think about the, the magic of what's going on. You do, you, this is what Hashem wants you to do. Same as also when you go out to business. Think about the magic of this. Hashem is sending you on this mission. Therefore, you go with absolute certainty that you're going to be successful. L'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim, l'chaim.